Hey everyone, you're listening to Pistons and Prosecco, a podcast dedicated to showcasing awesome wedding vendors and providing a behind-the-scenes look at the wedding industry. I'm your host, Bryce Bjornsson, owner of Jack's 47. We create a better experience for your guests by serving delicious drinks on draft with style. Today we have Julia with Heartfelt Elopements. Julia, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Bryce. Thanks for having me on. So, little little known fact, I tried to do yoga a few years ago, and Julia was one of my instructors. So, <laughs> that's a little behind the scenes for everyone. Uh, <laughs> and I was telling him that I unfortunately do not remember at all that he attended one of my classes. I do apologize. <laughs> uh, I know you have hundreds of, of students, so I, no no offense taken. I so, hope that so it was Julia, a good class. <laughs> oh, great. No, I... I, I in fact, specifically remember at the end of the class, you had a prompt and I think it was about community or something. You're like, think cool. about your community and who you surround yourself with. And that's what I want you to hold like space for today. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. So, Oh, that's good. That sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so Julia, you own a, uh, how do I say, an efficient business? I mean, is that what you would... Are, do you consider sure. yourself an officiant or is there yeah. a better word to describe yourself? No, I would totally say I'm a wedding officiant. I think when you say it's an officiant business, that might seem like I run a business of a bunch of different officiants, but it's just myself for now. And yeah, I definitely identify with that label. Yeah, you're right. The officiant business sounded a little awkward. <laughs> um, so, so before we get started on that, this podcast is called Pistons and Prosecco and hence the Prosecco. I want to know what your favorite beverage is at the moment, alcoholic or not. You sent that in the notes before and I was actually like really thinking about it seriously because I I definitely have a love-hate relationship with alcohol. So I tend to take long stints of time where I don't drink at all and I can be really sensitive to it as well. So that's that's part of that reason. I love a good glass of red wine. Um, and I also love clear alcohols. I love gins and I love like a good clear tequila. Um, but if you were to ask me <laughs> truly what my favorite beverage in the world is, it would probably just be good mountain spring water. Makes Very nice bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Are you the type that goes to the... Um... What is that in like Black Mountain? There's like the a, a spring. spring. Do you go there? For years. We did that for years. And then we actually had some testing done last year and it came back with some contaminants, which, you know, can happen, which is super sad. But I don't know the current state of it, but yeah, sad. But you were on the side of the road with the five gallon. Yep. Yep. Truck. It was one of those <laughs> giant five gallon jugs. <laughs> I love it. So Julia, you've you've been doing this for a few years now. Uh, let's just get straight to it. You know what what sets you apart? What do you what do you love about the business? What or you know, tell me more about yeah what what it, what this business is to you. What what it means to you? <sighs> That's a great combination of questions. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, that was like three different <laughs> questions. Feel free to answer whichever one speaks to you. Yeah. Um, you know, this role is something that I think I, I, or I thought I knew what it was when I was first getting into it, which this was around 2018. Um, but the more that I have 
held space for people, the more weddings and elopements that I have officiated, um, it's really just become a deeper thing for me and not to sound like too esoteric or, you know, in the clouds with it, but um, it's just an incredible moment to share with people in that, that sweet, vulnerable space. Um, so, you know, logistically I'm doing all the same things that any other officiant is doing, you know, walking through a lot of the, the typical exchanges that you might've seen at weddings, ring exchanges and bow exchanges and, and all of that. And, and, you know, that's all great and, and pretty standard, but I really love to take it a layer deeper and, and be in space with people where they get to be fully present with each other and with what marriage means to them and, and just fully present in the space of their love. And I think when you can walk people through um, different little practices to get in that space where they're really open, the experience of a ceremony is just so palpable and magical. Um, And so that's really like my jam. Um, You know, I'm always happy to work with people if people want something a little more typical, Um, you know, and on certain occasions I might work with, with someone that wants that or desires that, but that's not really my jam. My jam is like the magical present moment, vulnerability, super raw, super real, um, experience. So I think that that, that sets me apart a little bit. And that's also what I love about it. (laughs) Well, it's, it's funny you say that because I was at a wedding once that I was, you know, I had one of the trucks at and. It, you know, it sounded like the efficient had never even met the couple. I mean, it was like purely like a templated printout reading yeah. off the piece of paper. And, you know, it's uh, the couple was fine. Like they were, they had a great time. Like it didn't, I don't know. It, it obviously didn't affect the party aspect, but right. I was just the way I felt afterwards. I'm like, yikes, I want to get someone who, who really takes the time to, to figure out me and my fiance and to, to, to make it special and intimate because it really is, I mean, a defining moment for us, for those who do decide to get married and you're the one talking to them right before you're the last one to talk to them before they're technically married. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that's a great point. The thing that I always like to say is it's important, you know, however you're choosing to go about getting married, whether it's like a big, big production wedding or a small scale elopement, the important thing is that you identify what's really important to you. And for some people, the ceremony isn't the highlight, you know, for some people it is the party or it's, you know, just everyone coming together or it's the food. And, and I don't think there's any shame in that. Like, I think it's just good to be, be clear on that. Um, And, you know, I'm certainly not offended by someone that doesn't um, see themselves having a ceremony in the capacity that I like to offer them. But for those who do like what you're saying, you know, you, you can pinpoint right away when it's a value to you that you're with someone that, that sees who you are and that sees the dynamic of your relationship and is able to really hold space for that and paint that picture. And that's just, I mean, it gives me goosebumps literally just talking about that because it's, it's really the thing about what I do that just 
gives me so much purpose and, and meaning. And, um, you know, again, I don't, I really don't want to hate on anyone who chooses to use, use, you know, scripts like that's fine and that's easy. And, and again, if it's not like the most important thing to you, then that's totally cool. But as a writer and as someone who just loves people and relationship dynamics, writing something that reflects that is just the most fun. And it's such a, you know, it just brings me so much love and joy to be able to do that. So I've definitely been on, you know, in the audience of some weddings too, where I'm like, Oh yeah, I've totally heard this one before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and you're right. You know, people do need to choose their priorities, right? Um, I, I just think that maybe some people overlook it. Maybe they think the officiant is really just that someone who's an officiating a wedding. Whereas I think it's an opportunity to, to really share with your guests and each other a, a really special moment. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, a lot of the time what I end up hearing, you know, some people find me cause they're really seeking out someone like me who holds space in this capacity and, you know, who they resonate with, but then sometimes, you know, people just stumble upon me or they're recommended to me by someone else. And, um, a lot of the time, what I end up hearing is people saying like, we didn't realize how much it meant to us until we were in the space and until we had that moment. And we're so grateful that we did. And, um, I, I, a lot of the time I enjoy working with people that might not be your, um, not to say that like my, my typical demographic is like a yogic type person, but again, a lot of people find me from teaching yoga and being in that world for so long. Um, but so when I get like a really, uh, quote unquote, normal couple, and then they're just blown away by the ceremony, that's also super fun and awesome. And it just goes to show, you know, it's not about being, um, a yogi or even a spiritual person, but just what can happen when we're really actually present with each other. Um, it's just a different type of energy. And I think we're, we're often not present. And so when you are in an experience that's curated and held so that you and everyone else that's there can be present, it just really creates this, this magic that you can feel. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's it's powerful. And, you know, and folks are coming from all over the country to get married here and it's a special place. So I think having a special ceremony, you know, fits that. Um, (laughs) Given that we do have a lot of destination couples, uh, folks, you know, traveling in from Florida, New York, California, wherever. um, I I would think meeting them is really important for you beforehand. Is that, is that always the case? Do you always meet with, with the couples before or? So often, yes. Sometimes no. Sometimes couples don't actually, either they're really busy, they're not local, you know, now with, with everything that's happened since COVID and and it's like, everyone's gotten familiarized with Zoom. (laughs) That's been a great way to, to FaceTime and and interact. Um, Sometimes when I am being, uh, when I'm the hired officiant through like a coordinating service, it doesn't always get arranged that we meet, um, but I mean, my preference certainly is to have some sort of interfacing beforehand. Um, you know, I get a really good read on 
my couples and their dynamic through the ways that they choose to answer the questionnaire that I provide. So that's like the first uh, look into, into them and the dynamic. And I feel they also get a good glimpse into me based on how I've asked these certain questions, right? It's just a certain form of communication. And then the icing on the cake is certainly a, a quick call or, you know, grabbing a coffee when that's accessible um, and just getting in sync with each other. Yeah. I think I don't personally meet most of my, or some of my couples, I guess. um, And I don't FaceTime them, (laughs) (laughs) but, but for you, you know, I I would think that would be a pretty important step in the process is to engage on some level to understand them, um, you know, and, and all that. So, so let's break it down. When, when you are preparing to officiate a wedding for a couple, what are the, what are some things that, you know, you want to know? Like, is it how they, is it just how they met? Is it why they love each other? Like, let's just, you know, let's get down to down and dirty with it. Yeah. I think I tend to ask some questions that maybe aren't as obvious as the ones that you named, but the, that definitely is a part of the questionnaire, but I really like to know, um, what their personal values are. So as individuals first, and then what are their values that they share together? And then I also ask them how they perceive their relationship and their dynamic and how they would describe it. Um, So some couples consider themselves opposites. Some couples consider themselves, you know, two peas in a pod, the exact same you know, sometimes one person is really extroverted and one person's really introverted and shy. Um, so I, I ask a series of questions that really um, that really aims to identify how they perceive their dynamic. And that helps me um, really get a good read on the more intimate um, dynamic between them because I can form an opinion based on what I see, you know, two people interacting and and what their love is like, and I can read their story. But a lot of the time, the things that we choose to highlight in our story are not always um, representative of the day-to-day dynamic. And I think when you can really when you can really identify the authentic dynamic between two people, that can then just represent a certain level of truth in the ceremony. Um, whereas, you know, you can also just tell like their, their cute, quirky or beautiful love story, however it unfolded. And I, that's definitely a part of it too. But again, I think the more that you can represent who they are um, really just helps to set that tone and again, help them to feel at ease and present in who they are. Um so yeah, it's it's a fun series of questions to really get to the root. I also have them just describe their dynamic with singular words, um, which is funny. That used to be the thing that people would struggle with the most. And I think I've managed to like break down the question and simplify it so that people aren't weirded out by it because people want to get very descriptive, right? And they feel like they need to explain and And so I try to just give people the space to just describe, you know, what is it? Is it fun? Is it lighthearted? Is it deep? Are you a mirror? Do you feel like your relationship is synchronistic, right? So they give me these words and that often helps me to theme their ceremony again, aiming to just represent their dynamic. So interesting you say that 
because my girlfriend and I are both the Enneagram eight <laughs> and, <laughs> and I find that to be a very interesting dynamic. Um, yeah. And compared to other relationships I've had where, it, you know, it, it didn't, yeah, we weren't both kind of this in the world as the same or <laughs> the same in the world, you know? And so that's really interesting you say that. It's like, how do they relate to each other? How does the couple, yeah, perceive their own dynamic? Um, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. There's so, so different relationships, you know, different kinds of relationships and, and, you know, like certain pet personality types matching up doesn't necessarily make that relationship better or worse. Again, I think it goes down to what your values are. You know, if you, you might get a certain level of, of contentment and fulfillment through being with someone who is, um, really extroverted, but then that might also um, get in the way of a different value of your, you know, there's just, there's so many different ways to be in relationship, which I think is wonderful. Um, And we can, we tend to be very linear with how we perceive relationships and especially like the steps to getting married and what that means and that very traditional or typical trajectory. And so when we can just really pinpoint the essence of the dynamic between two people, um, that's when we can just have an experience all together through ceremony that's just that much more palpable um, and not so typical because it'll feel like an authentic representation for who you are. Exactly. And and so is that what you, like, what do you say during the, <laughs> the ceremony? I mean, I know it's different every time, but like, do you, like, do you always start with a story? What, you know, what do you, what do you say? Yeah, I love that question. I do because it is always different, but then also at the same time, the essence is the same. So um, no matter what, I actually always start with time for mindfulness and meditation and prayer, however you interpret what that means. Uh, So it's just the moment to get centered and grounded. Um, So again, whether I'm working with just the couple in a really small elopement or a huge scale wedding, um, in the event that there are more people around, that's an opportunity, not just for the couple, but for everybody. Um, So we just start with some very, very simple practices to help you get into the present moment and very simple breathing. And um, again, it's funny when you're dealing with people that maybe don't have the exposure to that because they tend to be the ones that are like blown away by a five minute, like little grounding in the beginning. Um, so that always happens. And then, you know, I've always written the ceremony beforehand and it depends on the energy and the moment, whether or not I'm going off of that exactly as it's written or whether that's just sort of a structure to keep me in place so that I don't end up veering off into something that's really long winded and not on track with what I'm, I'm hoping to offer them. So Generally, in the beginning, there's discussion on love and and why we're here and what it means to love and what it means to be married and what commitment means. And the whole time while I am speaking on that, I'm also requesting that the couple is connecting within themselves to what it means for them, right? Because again, I, I hope that I have been able to pinpoint the dynamic and their values as clearly as they feel them. But at the same time, I know that I I probably can't do that perfectly every time. So 
I just generally throughout the ceremony at different points request that people are connecting to the energy of what we're discussing in that moment, right? So what does that commitment feel like to you? What is what does it mean for you to be bonded with this person in this way and go forward in your life? Um, And then everything else just ties together from there. So generally there are some readings involved. Um, I usually encourage the couple to find something that speaks to them, whether it's a piece of poetry or song lyrics or anything else that speaks to them, something that they share between them. Um, If they don't, then I usually provide some that I think will resonate with them based off of what they've said. And then it just brings us into the rest of the exchanges. So vow exchanging and ring exchanging and the I do's and then the closing words. And so that's pretty much the bones or the structure of the ceremony. Um, But all sorts of things, I always say this can be woven in or even cut out so that it's, it resonates. Mm -hmm. In regards to the thing that they bring, whether it's the poem or the lyrics or whatever, has the, has anyone ever brought something and you're just like, <laughs> like you just all, like had to stop yourself from laughing because it was so ridiculous, like a Backstreet Boys lyric or something? Yeah, actually, yeah. it happened twice last year where <laughs> both times they were song lyrics. And upon looking up the song, um, I found that it was like a very country song, like cut, like straight up country um, ballad sort of, <laughs> sort of song. And, you know, when it is song lyrics, a lot of the time what I try to do is like, okay, what is being like portrayed in that song? Like what's the message in that song? And can I weave that in somehow or take a few lines from the song and speak on it or create it into poetry? Cause a lot of the times song lyrics don't read well like poetry, right? Like you need to sing them. And um, both time, both of those particular times, it was really funny <laughs> because, you know, I start hearing the song in my head and I'm trying to read it in a way that just, you know, comes through <laughs> well and not awkwardly. Um, but both of those times also the couple loved it and they were just like all about it. And it was just a special moment for them. So um, no Backstreet Boys lyrics, though, unfortunately. I think I would be quite happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that reminds me of a bet that I have with my sister that whoever gets married first, the other one's going to have to sing, Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Yeah. Um, from The Lion King. Yes. So, <laughs> I think it's fun I to have stuff that. like that. I, I love getting creative and having, you know, as several different times, there was or this one particular time, the father of the groom played a song in place of poetry. Like he had a guitar and sang a little, sang a little bit. And that was really cool. Um, and I, I love that because, you know, you have this thing with your sister and it's like maybe a little bit of a joke, but it's also like funny. And you've probably had that together for so many years that I actually think incorporating that something like that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always love little personalized bits added to weddings, you know, um, about that. yeah, whether it's, you know, trying to remember one one that stood out to me um it was like a summer camp wedding they both you know gone to the same summer camp together and that's where they met and it was just i don't know 
stuff like that is really, yeah, I think really sets a wedding apart. Um, in regards to kind of your, you know, the work you do with couples, what is your biggest challenge? That's a really good question. Um, and I'd say on the outside, it's probably doesn't seem like much of a challenge at all, but for me and just for myself, it would be navigating my own energy around the dynamics of people that I'm working with. So I talked a little bit about this on Instagram, actually, I think it was yesterday or maybe it was the day before of, um, especially when there are more people involved, even if it's still a small scale production or a micro wedding, if there's anyone else in attendance besides the couple, you know, there's an energy dynamic there. There's, um, there's stuff between the couple who's getting married and those people, whether that stuff is wonderful and beautiful, um, or sometimes messy and tricky or challenging. And so I am extremely sensitive to the dynamics between people. Uh, and so I do a lot of internal work and practices myself to just keep myself regulated so that I don't end up taking on any tension between people. Not that it's common to have tension, but I think there's just such a, a buildup to the moment of getting married, right? And sometimes that brings out some intensities in people energetically. And so um I feel like I've got a good grasp on regulating myself and keeping myself grounded, but it is something that I, that I work with, right? There's, there's a bit of challenge there in that the more dynamics that there are, again, it's like the more energy there is. So especially if it's a, um, if it's a wedding and then or even if it's, again, small scale, but there's videography or there's these other elements, you know, there's more, there's more energetic components. I try not to sound too esoteric with saying that, but um, I just have to do my best to keep myself regulated and grounded so that I can stay holding the space um, in as clear of a way as possible, if that makes sense. So all other aspects of it, I love and thrive in. Even the regulating of my nervous system, I, I appreciate that. And I'm so glad that I'm aware that that's even a thing that I should be doing. Um, but yeah, the dynamics of the couple, interacting with them, interacting with the family, um, bringing people together. I love all of that so much. Well, it, yeah, it's, you do have a, <laughs> you have a hard job, but it's, rewarding for both you and the couple you know (laughs) totally like I don't I'm just thinking of my you know my business I serve drinks from a draft system you know like it's I've made it I've made it so that it is easy for me and the couple (laughs) um even picking the bar menu right but but you you're 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 on a whole other level so um you know I sometimes am jealous of those wedding pros that do have a big uh a more intimate connection with their couples. Yeah. Same time. I'm like, I have almost 70 weddings this year already. Like right. I can't have a connection with every couple, you know, like, so it's, I think it's just a matter of what business you're in. Right. And you're, you're in the very, <laughs> um, 
not to sound cheesy, but heartfelt <laughs> uh, part of the wedding, you know? So. Totally. I, it's, I think people might underestimate, um, I don't want to say challenging because that's not really how I perceive it, but they, they don't always recognize the extent of the job, right? Because you really do become um, this person, at least the way that I do my job, you know, I'm really offering support to these people and that's leading up to their ceremony and even after, um, which is, you know, an incredible privilege to be able to be woven into someone's dynamic in that way in such an intimate capacity. Um, and at the same time, you know, there's, there are benefits to the role that you do where, you know, you just have to show up and, and do your thing. And, and of course there's pressure on you, right? Like you have your business and your image and you want to maintain that, but you just do your job and then you go and, and yeah, that's what I do too. But also we're just, we're really connected. And I think maybe the only other people who really experience that in the industry would be planners that really get, you know, bonded to their couples and um, that are really help helping put them at ease. And, and they have to, you know, navigate those more stressful moments with them. Um, but, you know, there's pros and cons to every position. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think uh, photographers as well have that can yeah. have that same connection because often they'll do, they'll do their engagement and they're with them at all different parts of the day. So it's like a very, yeah. you know, they're, they're around um, a lot during the day, but you know, and yeah, but, but as the bar, uh, as the bar service, I'm like, sometimes <laughs> I don't even meet the couple. Sometimes I never right. see the, the couple and it's just like, whatever, you know, and, yeah. and I see these, I see on Instagram, like, these photographers who, you know, will publish their thank you notes, their couples send. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I want one of those. But like, I'm, you know, I said I don't even meet the couple. So, um, yeah, yeah pros, pros and cons, right? True, true. I mean, you also get, you get a really fun way to interface with people who are part of the celebration, though. I'm sure you have some stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, have a few. I don't have anything nuts, but yeah, I have some, some some stories uh up my sleeve Time will tell. you'll get some nut stories eventually <laughs> yeah so julia if someone wants to to book you you know what does that process look like do they just email you and you you give them a call do you do you hire everyone that reaches out i mean do you do you uh, contract with everyone that reaches out to you or you know what does that process look like of figuring out if you're a good fit for the couple yeah, that's a great question. So the simple answer of the logistics is they submit an inquiry. And so usually the first thing to figure out is if I'm available for their date or not. So I've already had to turn away like many couples, which is always kind of sad. So the way that my my little inquiry questionnaire is, I have them write just a short bit about who they are and what they're looking for and, and the, you know, the essence that they hope to get from their ceremony. And <clears throat> that usually gives me a, a, a good, but simple read on, on them. And, and, you know, the first logistical thing is whether or not I'm available. Um, but I'd say like, 
95% of the time, if I am available, um, I will likely be moving forward with that couple. There's just been a few instances where I can tell based on what they are expressing that they don't really want what it is that I offer. Um, And I don't think that, again, that that's like a bad thing. I think we should all just do our best to be matched up with who we feel, who we feel the best with, who we feel confident in, in their services. And so there have been a few times where I'm like, I think you might be better off reaching out to, you know, this team of officiants, they might have something more that you're looking for. You know, if a couple blatantly tells me that they want a script or that they already have the script, um, that's not usually something that I do. So, um, but for the most part, I feel like what I've put out onto the, onto the web is a, is a pretty good portrayal of, of my services. And so people usually will only follow through if that's something that they connect with. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I like what you said about, we should be matched up with folks that, or it's better when we're matched up with folks that are a good fit. Um, because I'll, I'll get some people that, you know, inquire and they're like, and I'm like, Oh, which one of our trucks did you, you know, did you want to talk about? And they're like, Oh, we just need a bartender. Like we're, right. we're bringing all the boot. We just need a licensed bartender or insured. And I'm like, okay. Like, have you seen anything I've put out in the world? <laughs> That's, like we're not a staffing service. We're, we're a mobile bar company. Um, yeah. And and so I I totally get what you mean. Sometimes I've just said to people I'm like, yeah, sorry. You know, go yeah. t- talk to these guys. These guys do that and right. it would be a good fit for you. So, um <laughs> I think you know, it's it's best yeah when we're it's more exciting too when we're matched up with folks that really value our service. You know, whether that's totally you as an officiant or a photographer or any of the roles in the business, you know, it's like yeah, it's just more fun that way. You know, people who really care about the bar and the party, like those are my people. And I love that, you know, people who want to lope on a mountaintop and have one, one bottle of Prosecco, you know, like that might be your, <laughs> your ideal client. So I just think we all got to figure out you know, who our ideal client is. And those clients also need to figure out that too, you know, like they need to figure Absolutely. out what their priorities are. Um, yeah. It's a good thing to get clear on. And I think you know, maybe for us as vendors in the industry, we realized quite early on that figuring out who your ideal client is, was, you know, a necessity. Um, But I think people don't always realize couples per se, that when they're going into, you know, seeking out their various vendors, they don't necessarily have that in mind. And I think most people start to figure it out along the way, right? But um yeah, the more that you can fine tune your communication and and what you're putting out there, I think that's really the best way to to clarify that. But it is funny when there still are those occasional um, inquiries where you're like, you you genuinely did not look at my website at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some like automated thing or something. I know, <laughs> I know. That that's why I can't stand wedding wire and the knot because. Exactly. Uh, because I got all these inquiries. I'm like, you just clicked a button. You don't yeah. care. You're just price shopping and you just could care less. And it's just kind of frustrating. I, I tend to, I've tried, I've tried to fix this lately, but I tend to respond to those very like curt, you know, I'm like, <laughs> go to our website. I'm like, if you want more info on pricing, it's on our website. Go yeah. there. Sometimes um, you have to do that. I, I got an inquiry 
um, a few months ago and it was through wedding wire and it was for a Southern Baptist officiant. (laughs) And I mean, you know, that's, if that's what you want, that's great. But I am very obviously not that. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think you're in the right place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know those platforms, I think do more harm sometimes than they do. Sometimes. Um, So, you know, you've, how long have you been living in Asheville for? I moved here in 2013. Okay. So you've been here for about, yeah, about eight, eight years or so, seven, eight years. Feels like forever. And at the same time, it feels like it was just yesterday. It's wild. What do you love most about the area? (sighs) I love the connection to the earth that I'm able to find here so easily where we live, we have uh, like literally steps away from our front door are about 160 acres of private trails. And I spend a lot of time out there just hiking and on the mountains. And I love to do some cold plunging and the river. That's like my favorite soul nourishing thing to do. Um, and I just, you know, I love the energy here. I love the people, you know, of course, with, with the way that 2020 has been, it's been harder to connect with like a greater community feeling, but I, I feel at the same time that Asheville is still Asheville. Um, and it's, it's so unique in its, its vibe. And, you know, we are such a, a melting pot of people. And, and I just, I really love that. Um, you know, I grew up in Miami, so <laughs> I had a very different upbringing. Um, but my mom's family was scattered throughout North Carolina, so Asheville was always like the cool place to go. You know, um, but you know, my my first love was always the ocean, but now it's the mountains. So, yeah, interesting. Miami to Asheville—that's quite a quite a shift. <laughs> Quite a shift, and it's a, a shift that's become more and more popular these days. It's kind of weird the amount of people that. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't hate on it because I did it. But, um, uh, yeah, totally, totally different world, night and day. Well, it's going to be a very different world when it's underwater. So I know. <laughs> it's it's headed there for sure. <laughs> give it, give it a few decades. Right. Um, so I think we kind of went over this, you know, with some of the things that we talked about, but what is your advice for couples that are getting married in this area? Obviously finding vendors that are a good fit for you, <laughs> but yeah. besides that, what would you, what kind of advice would you give? Well, I think to fine tune your response of finding vendors that you connect with, I think the best thing to do is just narrow down one particular value or one thing of the experience that's important to you. And then usually the rest of the details will tie together from there. I predominantly do elopements, even though I love doing weddings. So I think that maybe applies much more easily in that realm, right? So you just identify you know, the type of photography that you're interested in. Is it bright and vibrant or is it, you know, moody and and dark? And then you can find your photographer through, you know, through that lens. And then generally, I mean, I'm sure you've had this experience too. The, the vendors in our community are so awesome. Then connecting the right people to the couple um, 
So I'd say like, that's just the most simple piece of advice is just find one element and then find your person. And then everything else comes together from there. The other thing I would say, and I don't think this is unique to Asheville per se, but is to just, um, in your right, we kind of talked about this in different ways, but just really identify what matters to you in the experience. And I think a lot of the time we go into these big productions um, with all of these preconceived ideas of what it should be or what it's supposed to be. And, and just make sure that those elements are things that you align with, right? So I don't think it's wrong to make decisions um, based on satisfying someone else. But I think that you should be clear that that it is that is what you are doing if that happens to be the case, right? So for some people, maybe the value for them is appeasing their mom or, you know, their grandmother by having um, a very particular Bible verse woven into the ceremony. The couple doesn't connect with it, but it's important to them that they satisfy their grandmother, right? So I'm just giving an example of something that happens to be in my world, right? And so I don't think that that's wrong if it's a value to you to satisfy grandma, for example. Um, but with any element, again, whether it's like the drinks in the bar experience, the officiant, your photographer, the venue, the size, the people that you're including, whatever it is that you um, start to tie together, make sure that it's something that you mutually align with and you know, of course, there's always those couples where it aligns very well for one particular person in the couplehood, but not so much for the other. And that's just another opportunity to get clear on, on where it's still a value for you to then compromise for the other person to have that element, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, I've, it's funny, because I ask this question almost every time, and I get usually the same answer is like, pretty much do do it for you but you you've been one of the first people to say yeah weave in a little something that's for someone else but you know weave it in don't yeah. don't let it dominate <laughs> so i like that yeah. i think it's you know i think it's important to just make the distinction between the two you know and and if you don't if it's not a value to you to satisfy whether it's other people or just incorporating certain things into the wedding, then absolutely don't do it. Um, but if that is something that on, you know, one hand, a part of you wishes that you did for whatever reason, it's totally okay to do that. And I really like giving people permission to do that. And I find that that, um, it just gives them the opportunity to relax because, as much as we want to just be selfish, I think we also have these, and I mean that in a good way, right? Like selfish based on like your own needs and your own boundaries. Um, sometimes we don't always realize that it is important to us to have some other bit woven in based on, on someone else's feeling. And, and a lot of the time with ceremonies that happens to be aspects of religion um, or, you know, even just specific wording and, you know, I rather be able to, to offer you something where there is that awesome compromise between the two, or we can like have, you know, have something be satisfied and sort of checked off the list. 
um, for someone in attendance rather than you having to go through a whole ceremony that completely doesn't resonate with you, but fits under, you know, the umbrella of religion and, and completely mm. satisfies, you know, X amount of family members. Right. So it's like, it's finding that happy middle um, where you still feel authentically represented, but there's also space to, to work with, to work with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's a good point, Julia. Um, well, it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really glad we did this and I learned a lot and I think our listeners will as well. And I will include a link to your website on the show notes. So anybody who wants to reach out to Julia for probably next year, because you said you're pretty booked this year or you still have some openings. I'm a little more than halfway through. Yeah. I'd still absolutely reach out to me and, and you know, if I'm not available, I'll connect you with someone that would maybe be of a similar vibe. Um, But yeah, reach out to me and, and thank you so much for having me on. It has been awesome chatting with you. I love, I could ramble about it all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope we can do a wedding someday in the future. I know, I, I don't know if our paths cross too much with the elopement side of things, but um, it'd be fun to, to witness your work someday. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'm sure it's inevitable at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someday. <laughs> Thanks again, Julia. Have a great day. Yeah. Thank you, Bryce.